With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There you will stand, so strong. I will say, long live Swiftcast. Your headphones blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than Swiftcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 129 of SwiftCast. This is Adam. Haley. Steph. Ashley. And Ashley. Well, we have a great episode coming up for you guys. As usual, we have our older tweets, our Swifty problems, our fashion segment. And in this week's main discussion, we will take a look at the NME article that we mentioned a few weeks back, and also take a look at the recent Vogue article. Last week on episode 128, we talked about Taylor's interview with GQ magazine, and we were all really interested in this quote about Taylor being a calculating person, and the interviewer just kind of said that Taylor hated the word calculating, and she said that this was a former acquaintance who pretty much said this about her, and it became an internet thing. And last week, we talked about how we really had no idea who this could be. And it was kind of bothering me, so I looked into it a little bit. And I remembered that over this past summer, this guy, his name is Ed Drost, and he's the frontman of a band, I think it is, called Grizzly Bear. It's an indie rock group. And I remembered that he was tweeting things about Taylor. Actually, he started tweeting these back in February about somebody who was terribly calculated and mean and he wrote met a celebrity i always speculated was terribly calculated and mean and they exceeded all my expectations of rudeness and arrogance hate in all capital letters how surprising that someone from an obscure indie band we've never heard of is tweeting things about the biggest pop superstar in the world Well, he went and deleted these tweets, and I'm sure we've talked about this in an older episode, but this is the only person I know of who has ever called Taylor Calculating, and like Ashley said, we've never even heard of these people, so I'm not sure how it would be a former acquaintance of Taylor's. So maybe I'm wrong here, but that's the only thing I can think of. So if you didn't get to hear us talk about the GQ interview. There were lots of really good, interesting things there, so be sure to go check out episode 128. But for now, let's take a look back at some of Taylor's older tweets. Our first one comes from October 26th of 2009, and she tweeted, Whoa, the Fearless Platinum Edition is out, 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 right now, now, now. Then a few days later, on October 30th, 2009, Taylor tweeted, This is why I love Ellen, and also why I almost had a heart attack at age 19. And it was when Ellen scared Taylor and Taylor fell down. It's just hilarious. 
Is that the one where she scared her in the bathroom? Right. It was in the bathroom. That was funny. I, I still remember that. She hit the floor hard. It looked like it hurt. <laughs> Our next one comes from November 2nd, 2009. Starting the SNL process. I kind of feel like I might have a heart attack or pass out in the pitch meeting. I'm that excited. Wow, Taylor was really in danger of having a heart attack that week in 2009. That brings me to the question again of how has she not done it since? Exactly. I was watching SNL the other night. It was a rerun of Miley being on. I was thinking, why can't Taylor be doing this? I think in February or March she will. Our next one comes from October 25th, 2010. Taylor tweeted, I've spent all day with my fans. Central Park, a piano, strings. Now I'm performing for the release party. I can't wait to hug you guys. And that, of course, was the day that Speak Now came out five years ago to the day. Yeah, as we record this, today is the day Speak Now was released five years ago. And so the next day, October 26th, Taylor tweeted, Mom and Dad are in NYC. My dad sat down and all the guitar picks fell out of his pockets classic <laughs> some things never change <laughs> <laughs> then on october 28th of 2010 taylor said my band and i just walked through a haunted house where men in masks were running after us with chainsaws and as a follow-up that same day taylor tweeted i ended up cowering in the corner out of breath and asking why are you doing this in all caps no answers from the men with the chainsaws. <laughs> Our next one is from November 3rd, 2010. Taylor tweeted, I can't believe this. You guys have absolutely lit up my world. Thank you. And I assume this has to do with her album sales? Yeah, I think this is when she received the news that Speak Now sold over a million copies in the first week. A year later, on November 3rd, 2011, Taylor tweeted, Hanging out with my new roommate, Meredith. So almost four years ago is when Taylor got married. Our next one comes from October 30th, 2012. They just told me Red sold 1.2 million albums first week. How is this real life? You are unreal. I love you so much. Thanks a million. Our next one comes from November 1st, 2012. Taylor says, At Miranda Lambert, just read your tweet. Thank you. That made me so happy. Can't wait to see you tonight. And the tweet that Miranda wrote to Taylor, she said, Plain music, red. Taylor, you sure know how to write a heartfelt, heartbroke song. Hot picks, too. And they've obviously stayed friends since Taylor had her as a guest just this week. On October 29th of 2013, this was shortly after the Red Tour ended, Taylor tweeted, Sitting in the studio, writing the next album, and wanted to thank you for the American Music Award nominations. Isn't it crazy to look back on all these cryptic tweets when we knew nothing other than it was called the next album? <laughs> and now these albums have taken over our lives. I'm sure when she wrote that tweet, people were freaking out about the next album, making predictions and what does it mean and everything. So yeah, it's fun to look back at. It's called Roses, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was thinking about this because 
when Taylor did the listening session Grammy videos just a few weeks ago that we talked about, and she showed the video of them doing the O's for Blank Space, and she had the really long bangs. She was growing them out. So I actually think that probably was around October 2013 when she was growing out her bangs. So I think she wrote Blank Space somewhere around then, which I never knew when that was written before, but kind of have to put two and two together there. The next one is from October 26th of last year, a little bit before midnight on October 26th, and Taylor tweeted, It's out, it's out, it's out. This is not a drill. Go, go, go. Hashtag TS1989. And then on October 29th of last year, Taylor says, These songs were once about my life. They are now about yours. Hashtag TS1989. Hashtag Taylor King. And then the last one we have is from October 31st of last year. And she said, Cause darling, I'm a nightmare, dressed like a pegacorn. Happy Halloween. That is still one of my all-time favorite pictures. <laughs> well, now let's move on to our new segment in Keeping Up With Swift. Our first piece of news is very exciting because 1989 has now officially been in the top 10 of the Billboard 200 chart for 52 weeks because we're very quickly approaching the one-year release date of 1989. And by the time you hear this episode, it will have been one year. So 1989 has been in the top 10 for a year. I believe only five albums have ever done that. 52 consecutive weeks. And another record-breaking news item, Blank Space is the most watched video ever on Vivo. I looked it up, it has over 1.24 billion views. Wow. Our next piece of news, Taylor has reached 65 million followers on Twitter. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, the next piece of news is at the recent show in Greensboro, North Carolina, the special guest was Miranda Lambert, and they sang her song Little Red Wagon, and Taylor actually customized a few of the lyrics to be more relevant to her. I heard about that. Didn't she change something to do with dogs, and she changed the lyrics to cats? Yes, and um, instead of long blonde hair, it was short blonde hair. I would love to see Meredith and Olivia doing tricks. That seemed like a great performance, though. I would have loved to have been there to see that song live. It's a good one. Yeah, I like that Miranda was wearing a 1989 shirt. Yeah, that was cool. And then, speaking of special guests, just the other night in Atlanta, Georgia, she had Tove Lowe out, and they sang Talking Body together. That was cool because I think Talking Body is the first song that's played when the lights come back on after the show. That's true. And also, though, I was kind of surprised that she didn't have a male rapper. That's kind of been the tradition for Atlanta. This was the first time being in the Dome, though, right? True. Okay. I wasn't sure if I was remembering that right. That was impressive because it holds a lot of people in the Dome. And our final piece of news is that Taylor won two MTV EMA Awards, which is European Music Awards, and they were for Best Song for Bad Blood and Best United States Act. She wasn't even there and she won. Well, finally we have Taylor's calendar, and it's a little bit depressing. On October 27th, Taylor will be in Miami for the 
show at the American Airlines Arena, and then she will end the United States leg of the 1989 tour on October 31st in Tampa at the Raymond James Stadium. And this might be the last episode of SwiftCast because we're just going to fall apart after the last show. (laughs) It's very depressing. But we are very excited for our international listeners because Taylor will be taking the 1989 tour to Singapore and China next month. And then at the end of the month, she'll be going to Australia. I can't believe the tour has basically already came and went. This is very sad. It was so fast. It was very fast. Yeah, I remember when we were talking about the very first shows in Tokyo in May. It feels like just yesterday we were all speculating about what was going to happen, and now it's over, just about. Well, let's move on to our mini-segments. We have some Swifty problems, and the first one comes from Vinny on Twitter, and he said, When Taylor loses the 10-minute all-too-well CD, and you get all the feels. Hashtag Swifty problems. Yeah, I've heard that that CD exists somewhere. Really? Well, I think Taylor has it. I mean, I don't think it is out in the public anywhere, but... I think I heard that, doesn't she have a 10-minute version of that song? When she interviewed with, I think it was Good Morning America or something, she said that she had a long version of All Too Well and had to get Liz Rose to help her. But I never heard that the actual 10-minute version exists anywhere. There was something going around on Twitter recently that someone asked her about it in Loft 89, and she said, I lost the CD, but I'm not sure how true that is. Oh, really? I didn't hear about that. Wow. I think I did hear about that too, Ashley, yeah. I think that might have just been her way of saying, it's 2015, people need to stop asking about this. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I didn't think there actually was a CD. I thought she was just saying it was really, really long and I needed help to cut it down. And people just assumed there was an actual version of it. Our next one comes from at Lola underscore here. She says, when you find your missing 1989 CD in one of your other eight 1989 CD cases, Swifty problems. The next one is from T underscore Will 33 on Twitter. Seeing my last Taylor Swift show tonight and I am not okay. Hashtag 1989 tour Hashtag I want more. Hashtag Swifty problems. I can relate. Our next one comes from at Maddie Baby, who wrote, Been jamming to Taylor in my car, and my dad looks at me like I'm crazy. Whoops. Swifty problems. And our last one comes from I am Shatterbug. When you finally get your Taylor memorabilia the way you want it, and then you have to move. Swifty problems. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. <laughs> but it's a problem. I am Shutterbug is actually Haley. So, Haley, I hope everything is still in place. Um, It's in a box right now, labeled Taylor Stuff. And hopefully this week I'll be able to pull it all out again. Is it in a box beneath your bed? (laughs) (laughs) That was the first thing I thought of when you said it's in a box. Sorry. Well, thank you for your submissions for our mini-segments. If you would like to submit... The most often used way is on Twitter. Send us a tweet and we'll read your Swifty problem on next week's episode. But for now, let's look at some of the recent fashion. And first, we will take a look at her outfit from Loft 89 in Toronto on October 2nd. 
And these were the boots that she was wearing. They were Ann Taylor Carly leather boots. They are $198, but it looks like you can use a code FALL50 to get 50% off. Our next one is from Lofty 9 in Des Moines, Iowa. On October 8th, Taylor wore an aqua cashmere knit fit and flare dress, and that is $248. And the next item is from October 9th at Loft 89 in Omaha. Taylor wore an Aritzia Golden by TNA Nora shirt in Sherwood BK Fig Twilight, and that is $65. The next one is from Loft 89 in Lexington. On October 20th, she wore an Aritzia Babaton Nathaniel sweater in East Base, and that is $85. Then on October 22nd, Taylor posted this really cute photo on Instagram of Olivia in this chair, and she wrote that Olivia just wants to blend in because she matched the pillow and the purse that was on the chair. And the purse was actually from Alexander McQueen, it's called the Box Leather Shoulder Bag, and it is $2,095. Ooh. And now here are some older Loft 89 finds that were recently discovered. On August 22nd in L.A. at uh, the 1989 World Tour meet and greet, she was wearing a Stella and Jamie Oasis top in Fawn, and that is $168. The next one is from her 1989 tour meet and greet in Ottawa, Canada on July 6th. Taylor wore a Stella in Jamie Iris skirt and leather, and that's $428. And she also wore that skirt on June 8th in Charlotte, North Carolina. And now we also have some pieces from Taylor's Vogue photo shoot to go along with our Vogue discussion that we're going to be doing in a few minutes. And the first item is from the cover, where she's wearing a 2015 Shia Pirelli fall couture gown. And it's blue and black with a feather print, and there is no price because none of us can afford it. And also under the dress, she's wearing a, by the brand Eric's Antonia bralette, which is $75 in pink. Her next outfit she wore in Vogue was an Ellie Staub fall 2015 couture dress, and it's black and has pink roses on it. And she also wore a Eric's Antonia Barlett, but this time she wore it in yellow. Then she wore this gorgeous black dress that has a big tulle skirt on it, and it's covered with these pink flowers. And that is Guillaume-Baptiste Valley Fall 2015 Couture Collection. The next one is the photo where she's wearing a nightgown-esque pale lilac dress, and that is Chanel Fall 2015 Couture. And the last item from Vogue is the Atelier Versace Fall 2015 Couture gown, and this is the photo where she's sitting down, sort of leaning over, and it also has no price. Well, as always, thank you to Tay Swift Style for tracking all of these outfits down. And if you want to see pictures and more information, please go to TaySwiftStyle.com. For now, let's move on to our main discussion. And we're going to be discussing two different articles, the Vogue and the NME. 
So to get started with the Vogue article, this was from Vogue Australia, right? Right. I haven't found it in U.S. stores, but I have heard of people finding it. The Vogue interview is really interesting. I found that it was sort of similar in some ways to the GQ interview, which we covered last week on episode 129. And some of the things that kind of overlap include that Taylor is very self-aware. And one quote that shared that was on this point, but different from GQ is she said that I'm never going to be stupid, foolish, or ignorant enough to think I have control over the public. All I can control is making good music. I am so lucky that people seem to like me right now, but in no way, shape, or form is it a permanent thing. And I think being aware of that is what keeps you smart and is what keeps you on the game. And along those same lines, she talked again about how as a child, she always watched VH1's Behind the Music, and we talked a lot about this last week on episode 128, and she said that really what happens is when you lose self-awareness, then you make bad art, and usually one thing leads to another of those two items. She mentioned again about how her friendship group is one of her favorite things about her life right now, and she also said that... She loves meeting new people, and she thinks that you can have very short conversations with people, and they can be really meaningful. That reminded me of, in the GQ article, how at the end of it, Taylor was saying to the interviewer how, to you, a meet and greet might sound impersonal, but to me, it's really special. Yeah, I really liked that. I thought the GQ article covered this a little bit better, but... I like that she says you can have a short conversation and it's really meaningful to both parties. Speaking of Taylor's friends, the author also talked about Taylor's squad, which was also mentioned in GQ. And it was funny because the writer said, Taylor has helped to usher the word squad into contemporary vernacular, working conveniently as either its own entity or as both a suffix or prefix something that surely makes self-confessed grammar fan Swift beam a little more brightly with pride. And along those lines, she said that misconceptions about her were that in 2010, everybody said she can't really be that good. She's getting too many awards too quickly. 2012, it was Taylor's boy crazy. All she cares about is boys. She's going to write a song about you. And the newest thing is, Taylor's squad is just this group of mean girls. So she's very self-aware. Even though there was overlap in all of those topics between GQ and Vogue, I liked reading both articles. And then there were some new things, and we've mentioned this in previous episodes because it was sort of what everybody was talking about, especially in the NME magazine article. But in Vogue, Taylor talked about taking a break after tour. And she said, this album has produced more number ones than any album in the past, so we're just going to go with it. Then I'll feel like I'll need to give people a breather from me, because at a certain point they're going to get a little sick of hearing about me. So I'll need to go away for a little while then. Depending on my gauge on how sick of me they are, I'll decide when to put out the next album. Can we just tell her that this is incorrect? Yeah, I really don't think that many people are sick of her. <laughs> <sighs> 
And the people who are sick of her probably never bought 1989 to begin with. Yeah, they're not the true fans. So we did touch on this a little bit in previous episodes, but we haven't really fully discussed it. I don't know what's going to happen. I think Taylor needs to do what she thinks she needs to do. But I also kind of think, I mentioned in a different episode how Taylor's going to be co-chairing the Met Gala in May, and she's on all these magazine covers right now. I just don't know that if she's going to be busy in May, maybe she'll have something to promote that fall. But I really, I think that a lot will be dependent on how the Grammys go. Will she get Album of the Year? She seems like she really, really wants Album of the Year. She did the listening sessions. She talked about how she thought Red wasn't really good enough, so she spent all this time and effort on 1989. So if it doesn't get Album of the Year, I don't know how she would handle that. Maybe she would feel like, well, maybe that wasn't good enough. But I think it would just be a crazy fluke if it doesn't get Album of the Year, personally. Yeah, and I think with regard to this taking a break statements that she's been making, I really think it's going to be similar to what she's done in the past. I think in early 2016, you know, she'll take a little bit of a break. You won't see her, the paparazzi won't see her very much. And then she'll just be writing quietly on her own and working on a few things. And then when the spring comes around, I bet she'll start getting the itch to work on the album and really start going after it. Well, yeah, if you look at 1989, a lot of the songs were written in january and february of the year it was released 2014 so that was like taylor was on her break after red at that point Mm -hmm. we saw her going to the gym all the time or so we thought going to dance classes and she couldn't really control that the paparazzi followed her around and she was still in the news but again you just can't really control that so maybe she'll be on a break after 1989 this winter but who knows maybe she'll be going to the gym again and doing dance classes where she's actually recording it just seems like she's on top of the world right now she's the biggest star in the world why would you take a break i want her to have enough time to do what she feels she needs to do because she's the kind of person who's not going to put out subpar quality work so If she feels she needs more time, then she should take that. But clearly no one's sick of her. And one thing that she sort of emphasized a lot in the Vogue article was she said something along the lines of, it's great that people like me today, but I know that that can change anytime. And the only thing I can control is putting out good music. Right. So she'll really take the time to make sure the music is good. And this past week, marked nine years since Taylor's debut album was released. So she has been very busy and she hasn't really had much of a time for a break. So if she needs to take a break, we can't really fault her for that. For our sake, selfishly, I hope that she continues with the same schedule. It works so brilliantly for her. She's sold over a million albums with the past three consecutive albums. My philosophy on life is if it's not broken, then don't try to fix it but I trust Taylor's judgment. Taylor also talked about some things that we've heard about before, just how she's hard on herself and sometimes she has low self-esteem days. She said that she's been better lately, realizing that when she has a low self-esteem day, it's because of how she's wired. 
and not because everybody hates her. And along those lines, she said that she gets very nervous to perform at award shows because she feels like people at award shows might actually want her to trip and fall on her face. And she said, that's a pretty stressful and hectic situation to put yourself in, but it's my job. So I deal with the nerves and just do it and hope for the best. And that's something she's always said. She just feels more comfortable performing with the fans because she knows that we're rooting for her. And then Taylor also talked about how she likes to surprise people. And she's talked about this for a long time now. She said she chooses surprise over shocking people. Because I would so much rather plan an elaborate surprise that's going to delight people rather than trying to shock. Where shock value is your only trick, it's harder to maintain a long career. I keep surprising them, which is a big deal for me to capture that emotion because it's so rare these days. And I thought it was interesting because she said that to keep up the element of surprise, what she was doing was turning the speakers off during sound checks. This was something we've talked a lot about. We were wondering how she was keeping the surprise guests so secret. We had no idea. We were wondering if she was sound checking in a basement or something. And it turned out she was turning the speakers off. But I feel like in recent weeks, some things have leaked out. I'm very confused about this whole sound check thing because in the past and through the beginning of this tour, it was always easy to hear the sound check that was going on. And then about halfway through the tour, you stopped being able to hear it. So I guess she started turning her speakers down. But now it seems like she isn't turning them down anymore. Yeah, but things have been not quite as surprising. Because if you're on Twitter and you see these tweets, it's hard not to see them. And then you pretty much know who the guests will be that night. Maybe she had some sort of difficulty with the speakers and had to turn them on and then finally along the lines of taylor's future the interviewer asked what taylor will be doing when she's 40 which is scary it's 14 years away just about she said i have no way of knowing but i hope i would still have music in my life if i were to give you my best guess i'd say i'll write songs for other people or i'll create an album that's about what i'm going through at that point in my life we're people pleasers, and that's why we become entertainers. So if people don't want you to be on stage anymore in sparkling dresses, singing songs to teenagers, when I'm 40, then I'm just not going to do it. It's just not a goal of mine to be something I'm not. And really, this has always been consistent, too. I remember when she was promoting Red, she always said during interviews, if people don't want to see me anymore, I'm not going to do this, and I'm probably just going to write songs for other people. So that was the Vogue Australia article. And then there was also that NME article, which is a magazine in Europe. And it had some similar things to both the Vogue article and the GQ article. But to get started, it was interesting because the interview took place basically throughout the day during one of the 1989 shows in LA. So the interviewer basically spent the whole day with her, uh, saw what she did throughout the day, you know, asked her questions throughout the day. And it got started with a, a funny note. Taylor had just received some purple flowers that Mary J. Blige had sent her. She also got a box of M&Ms imprinted with photos of Meredith and Olivia. And that is awesome. <laughs> 
I think Taylor said she was sending photos of the M&Ms to all of her friends. Yes, she did. I wish one of her friends would post that on social media. That'd be funny to see. (laughs) So the night that the interviewer was there was the night that the special guest was Beck and St. Vincent. And so the writer got to watch her rehearse with Beck and St. Vincent. And then we heard about this after the fact uh, on social media, but Taylor had just heard during the day that John Legend was coming to the show. So she called Chrissy Teigen, which is John Legend's wife, and asked her, hey, will John sing all of me with me on stage tonight? And they agreed to do it. So there was no rehearsal and she was really excited about it. And they pulled it off uh, with no flaws, really. Really, yeah. It was perfect. It was cool to see that on the fly, they could really do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And then jumping ahead kind of towards the end of the article, and this is the discussion that we were talking about earlier and has been going around online, is that she says, quote, I was thinking about this yesterday and it hit me. I don't want this tour to end. Ever, she says. And that's never happened to me before. So you can tell she is just so in love with this tour understandably i think we all are and then just to mention a couple similarities to the gq and the vogue article uh, like the author of gq the writer compared 1989 to thriller which was top of the charts you know a masterpiece in its day i think that's really cool that's such a compliment and the fact that multiple people are writing that so really in 30 years People are still going to be talking about 1989. Yeah, whatever's the big album 30 years from now, they might go back and say, you know what, this is compared to 1989, Taylor Swift's awesome album. Yeah, that's crazy. Like Steph mentioned earlier uh, in the interview, Taylor mentioned that she gets nervous at award shows because, you know, award shows are different than her concerts because her concerts are her fans. Award shows are a bunch of different people and she gets nervous that she'll trip and fall because some people there would like to see that. And in this article, she does bring up Kanye West again and the infamous 2009 VMAs incident. And she mentions that they're on such good terms now, six years later. It's just good to see that You know, she forgave him, and as we've seen, they've taken photos together. They seem to be on a really good friendship level now. The interviewer did ask her an interesting question about would she go back and change anything? And what he meant was, you know, she plays these huge stadiums, so she can't go walk on the street without being noticed. So would she change that? Would she like to go walk on the street and not be noticed? but not have the ability to play these big stadiums. And she said, no, there's nothing I would change about my life. She said, I want to play stadiums. If she was able to choose playing stadiums or walking down the street, she'd choose playing stadiums. She knows it's a trade-off. And I think we've talked about that in the past, that you know she's a celebrity, so the paparazzi are going to follow her, and she knows that, and that's kind of a, a sacrifice that she makes being a big pop star. And it's good that she was so young because a lot of people who are really young just can't handle it and sort of go off the rails. But Taylor already had such a good head on her shoulders that she was so young and this was already happening to her that now it's just sort of part of her life. And the fact that she handled it well when she was young, now she just still handles it well as an adult. And then finally about taking a break, um, very similar things to the other article 
She said that she would like to take some time off, maybe write some music, maybe not write some music. She's not really sure. And then one interesting quote about the challenge of following up 1989. And the writer asked, does that thought scare her? And she said, no. How could the next one be as big? Maybe the next album will be a bridge to somewhere else. Or maybe I'll just go ahead and change everything. That was really interesting. Yeah, I really get the sense that we don't have any idea where the next album's going. The thing I thought was, she said, how could the next one be as big? But in my head, after Speak Now, after Fearless, after Red, I always thought that, how is she going to top herself? But she always does. Definitely. She will find a way. She's that smart and she's that good. And at least she's prepared if she doesn't top herself. It'll just be fun to see what she has in store. Like Adam said, we really have no idea. It could be anything. And the final quote of the article uh, just sums up how much Taylor is enjoying this tour and this era. The writer says that Taylor's dad is hanging around and he tells Scott how much he enjoyed the show. And Scott says, sure, but who's having the most fun? Taylor is, as always. <laughs> These were some good interviews, so go try to pick up your copies. I couldn't find Vogue or NME in the stores. I'm going to keep looking. I remember when Taylor did Vogue for the UK, it took a few months before it was in stores in the United States. So we might have to wait. Or eBay is also always good. Well, we have a few reminders for you guys. Please press the subscribe button on iTunes and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. And iTunes only shows our latest 100 episodes. So if you want to go back and listen to some of the early ones, you can visit our website, which is swiftcast13.com. You can reach us on Twitter at swiftcast13, on Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com, on Instagram, instagram.com slash the swiftcast13 on facebook at facebook.com slash the swiftcast and finally you can email us at the swiftcast13 at gmail.com so what do you guys think next week taylor will do i don't know if i can even talk about it <laughs> it's a big week this week i think she's gonna have amazing guests for both miami and tampa and I think she'll wear a Halloween costume in Tampa. I think she'll wear it at the end instead of her usual shake it off outfit. Oh, interesting. What's your guess for what it would be? It'd be kind of funny if it was a cat since the last video was about her cats. Oh, yeah, that would be cute. But that seems so expected that maybe she would do something else. But can you imagine? Because every time when the lights go up for shake it off, you're waiting to see what color outfit it's going to be. And it's just being some crazy costume. That makes sense because the last show in Nashville for Red is when Ed dressed up as a clown. I was thinking maybe she would be a swan just because of the whole swan goals thing. I'm thinking that Ed needs to show up again. Ed definitely needs to show up again. And speaking of Ed and Steph, how you said he dressed up as a clown on the last day of the red tour i predict that we'll get some type of either dress up on stage appearance or some type of prank from vance joy and sean mendez Ooh, we'll see maybe they'll come out in a halloween outfit or 
maybe they'll pull some kind of Halloween prank. We'll see. Well, for Himes' last date, Taylor had them out with Nellie. So maybe she'll have just everybody out. That would be cool. She really needs to make the concert like three hours long. Like have Vance come <laughs> out and sing with him. Have Sean come out and sing with him. Have about six special guests. And bring back all the songs that she's cut. Yep. Yes. And sing Long Live is a secret song. Or 15, you know. <laughs> or Haunted because it's Halloween. <gasps> haunted would be fantastic. That's perfect. We need to do a Tumblr petition for that one. Yeah, I definitely think Taylor will have multiple guests for her last show in Tampa. Well, we will all be in Tampa, and we're excited to see what happens and what kind of special guests are hopefully there. And we will update you guys all about it on our next episode. But for now, this has been episode 129. This is Adam. Haley. Steph. Ashley. And Ashley. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.